Hello everyone, I'm Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue and I'd like to welcome you to the sunny side of the farm. Well hello again everyone, it's Secretary Sonny here and I want to welcome you back to the sunny side of the farm, the podcast that tells you what we're doing here at the Department of Agriculture and where we hope to go and hope you go with us. Today we're going to talk about USDA's Farmers to Family Food Box Program. Some of our listeners out there may not know exactly what that is, so let me try to explain it to you. The food supply chain as a whole had been hard hit by the coronavirus, from the farmers that grow the food, to the processors and packers who uh, process the food, to the distributors who move the food, and then to the families who need that food now more than ever. Everybody knows what happens when there's an accident on a four-lane highway and two of those lanes get totally backed up. You get a long traffic jam, and that's just what happened in the food supply chain when our restaurants, hotels, and schools closed very suddenly. To work through those challenges, USDA created an innovative new program where we buy excess produce, dairy, and meat from our farmers, and processing companies box it and deliver it to those most in need through our charitable organizations. Programs like this are the best America has to offer. It truly comes down to Americans helping Americans. Here today to talk about that are some people who served as great partners in this effort, and we'll be talking to John Corso, the president of a processing facility that's putting these boxes together and distributing them to the people in need here in the uh, National Capital Region area. We're also going to talk to one of our farmers, Joe Bassiana, a mushroom farmer from Pennsylvania whose family farm lost their market for product when all their restaurant customers closed down as well. Well, this morning we're honored to have uh, John Corso, who's the CEO of uh, Coastal Sunbelt Produce in Laurel, Maryland. And uh, this was a facility where we had the inaugural uh, delivery and packing of boxes for our farmers to uh, family food box. It was a very impressive operation, John. I was blown away by how modern it was, how uh, the values of your relationships with your employees and the culture of the company. And it was uh, really refreshing to see you all participate in this program. But let's kind of go back to the basics. Many of us have heard about uh, the food supply chain, probably more so than we ever have in our lives. But uh, you all, your company is an integral part in that. But the public may not quite understand what part you play. We know that food just doesn't go necessarily from farmers directly to consumers. There are a lot of people in the middle as we found out. So tell us a little bit about Coastal, coastal Sunbelt Produce and what your normal business was, and then we'll get into how you all got involved with our Farmers to Family Food Boxes. Wonderful. Well, first of all, thank you once again for visiting with us, and uh, we were delighted to host you, and we're excited to be participating in this program. So Coastal Sunbelt Produce is a food service distributor. There are really two types of distributors, two areas of focus, retail and food service. Coastal Sunbelt Produce focuses on the food service side. And effectively, like we like to talk about internally, we're everything between the farm and the table or the farm and the fork. We source products from around the world and a great deal of products domestically from the US. We um, transport them into our facility and then we redistribute them and often repack and reprocess many of them and deliver them to food service operators in and around our region. We're a regional player. And so um, how the product gets from 
uh, the field to someone's table safely, efficiently, is something that uh, many people don't recognize. And when I share with people what we do for a living and I point out our blue trucks, people go, oh, I see those trucks. That's what those guys do. Yes. Well, it's an important part, obviously. And as I indicated, your facility was very impressive. We saw your uh, workers there, associates, uh, preparing some of the food that we see in grocery stores there and prepared produce and, uh, and vegetables and fruits there, helping to pr uh, get them up in a very easily uh, consumer-based uh, uh, prepared way. But uh, you had to be uh, rather uh, economically shocked when this uh, COVID started and uh, most or over half of your business was going to institutional food service, restaurants, hotels, conventions, others, and uh, uh, you had a significant business in that. So that was quite an economic shock uh, to your system when that food supply chain for that just almost stopped like a crash on an interstate. So tell us, uh, tell us how you all survived in that time period. Yeah, our business on the food service side effectively dried up overnight as on-premise dining ceased and hotel occupancy dropped and all these events got canceled. Uh, the company lost several uh, hundred millions of dollars of revenue within the span of a couple of days. And uh, it was alarming. There was a lot of uncertainty. And um, I think it's at times like these that you really see the DNA of a company. And so we huddled as a team. We realized what we were facing and we focused on how to right size um, uh, what we're doing and to pivot to new areas of growth. So our focus from the start has been one of um, live to fight another day. And the way we figured out how to do that is uh, adjust our business to deal with the new reality and then position ourselves to win the fight. What is, how do we, how do we sort of reposition our company to make sure that uh, we're there for our customers as they fight on and how we are there um, post-COVID and make sure that we prevail. Well, it was evident when we were there that many of those nice trucks that you had are very proud of were idle there that day that usually would have been on the road out to various establishments delivering fresh fruits and vegetables and other produce to, uh, uh, to your institutional markets, restaurants, and uh, as you said, hotels and other types of uh, institutional markets there. So it had to be quite a shock, but I applaud you and the uh, as you indicated, the DNA of survivorship of your company built on a culture there. Tell me a little bit about, you, you took some uh, great pride in the culture of the company uh, that led in relationships. So tell me kind of your motto of, of what your company at Coastal Sunbelt uh, really, uh, who, who are you as a culture? Well, our DNA as a company is, um, and our focus as a company, I should say, and our values are on food, people, and relationships. That's what governs what we do. That's our purpose. And with a very simple philosophy of taking care of our customers, taking care of our people, and investing in our business, uh, we've achieved a lot of growth and success. We are a people-based business, and we are a community-based business. And by focusing on those areas and doing a good job, um, we feel that our, we will only be limited in our growth by our ability to track, retain uh, great talent and sort of continue to perpetuate those values. We were very proud that you chose to uh, participate and apply for this, uh, uh, this food family, to, Farmers to Family Food Box program. Tell us again kind of what, uh, I knew you had some experience working with food banks already and relationships there. 
Tell us what inspired you all as a company to apply for this program. Well, it, for us, it was a very natural fit. It is effectively what we do and is essentially very similar to what we do for our food service and restaurant customers. Um, as I mentioned to you on the tour, um, Mr. Secretary, I, be I believe that this is a very elegant solution. It leverages our sourcing capabilities. It leverages underutilized assets currently in the marketplace. And it allows us to uh, put our people back to work while serving our community. So effectively, that what caught our eye about the program is we saw an opportunity to partner with our vendors who are also looking for ways to uh, deal with this COVID, our, our, our agricultural partners, our growing partners. Um, then it was a way to put our food service facility and our people back to work with this program. Uh, we've been able to bring back 50 furloughed workers uh, and effectively have them do what we were doing for restaurants, which is repacking a predetermined basket of items into a box and shipping it on our refrigerated trucks. And so instead of delivering to restaurants, we're delivering to food banks and we're delivering the same quality food with the same level of service. And um, we were just really excited about the program. It's just a natural fit for us. John, I think when some people hear about uh, food box, food pantries and those kind of things, they may think of it like uh, seconds in a clothing store. These were first line food products that you all were doing, just like you would serve your restaurants there. This was not seconds, it was not throwaway. It was not waste. It was uh, first class uh, food there that you were doing. Tell us a little bit about the boxes. It was really uh, interesting to see those 50 workers returning and doing a line just like they would be doing for restaurant preparation or grocery store preparation. Well, in undertaking this program, again, we come back to our values. And um, for us, it was just very important to make sure that if we were going to do this program, we would uh, put food in the box that we would be proud of food that we would all eat, that our restaurant customers would accept, and that we did this properly. And so um, the food is all uh, very, it is the, the same food that we would be delivering in normal times to our restaurant customers. Uh, we pack them in boxes. The boxes are weighing about 20 to 25 pounds each. It was very important for us to make sure that we maximized um, the amount of food uh, for the dollar so that as many people as possible could get fed. And um, there is nothing uh, other than stuff that we could be proud of in the box. Well, it was obvious to me that uh, I would have been proud to get a box like that for my family as well. And uh, I know you all took great pride in that. And it was just a, a real delight to see the, uh, I think the, the pride that the people uh, packing those boxes, knowing they were going to go to some people who needed it and the distribution. Tell us about your downstream distribution to the food banks and your relationship uh, to those who are who you're partnered with. So we've long been a supporter of our community and have partnered with uh, food banks in our area, the Maryland Food Bank, Capital Area Food Bank. We are a big participant in Brighter Bites, which serves uh, schools and um, PTO organizations, and also the city of Baltimore. And um, those organizations uh, are in desperate need right now for support, as we all know. What may not be uh, intuitive for some people is the fact that they rely very heavily on a large volunteer organization and also a paid organization to take all the food that is donated or purchased by them and have them resorted. What this program does is it brings a prepackaged 
a box of food to the food banks and it doesn't force them to further tax already taxed uh, scarce labor. Uh, and so it, as you know, I think a lot of the vernacular, it's from the truck to the trunk. And I will tell you that our, our drivers, our delivery people, it is a delight to see them come back from these food banks. They come back with great joy and happiness. And they say, you should have seen there were 200 families. They were handing out the boxes. And it's just, I, I make it of a point to go downstairs and see the drivers when they come back. And I have to tell you, it's just very energizing for all of us to hear the feedback from the field. That is great. Obviously the pre-prepared boxes, uh, just kind of a grab and go uh, in a contactless environment. They can, uh, pull up and be put that in the trunk and uh, move on with limited uh, limited need for volunteers in the food banks even rather than stretching those uh, scarce resources as well. So, well, it's a great, uh, great opportunity to be there at your facility. Again, very impressive. And I, I do trust that uh, with the reopening of our economy, then coastal Sunbelt will grow back uh, even greater than it had been before. And we, we want to thank you for participating in this program. You, you've made it possible. You've connected our ag producers, uh, local producers there uh, with the local people who need the food in this uh, national capital region in Maryland, Virginia, and uh, Delaware, and along the East Coast there. We want to thank you for your participation. It was great to meet you, and uh, we look forward to uh, having a very successful program, and it's off to a great start, and you were one of the inaugural ones, so thank you very much for your participation. Well, thank you, Mr. Secretary. We're delighted, like I said, to be participating in this program. It is a great opportunity uh, for us to further serve our community and put our people back to work. And so my thanks to you and the USDA and uh, for your support of the program. Thank you. Have a great day, John. Next up, we have Joe Bassiani, one of those farmers in an interesting commodity, mushrooms. And uh, Joe Bassiano from Bassiano uh, Farms in Pennsylvania it's a great area where mushrooms are grown, uh, have been for decades there. And Joe and his family have been in that business. And uh, welcome, Joe. We're glad to have you today. Thank you for having me, Secretary. We uh, had the honor of meeting you out at Coastal Sunbelt Produce in Laurel, Maryland, a couple of weeks ago when we inaugurated the uh, family to farm, Farmers to Family Food Boxes. And you as one of the suppliers there, those food boxes that Coastal was packing going to our food bank. So uh, it looked like a great product. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the mushroom business. Probably many of us don't know much about mushrooms. I didn't know there was sort of a, a congregation of mushroom growers in Pennsylvania in your region, but it seems to be kind of uh, in, uh, in your family or regional DNA. Yes, it is. It's very unique. Um, in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, where we are, over two thirds of the mushrooms grown domestically in the United States are produced here and they're still mostly produced by all families um, that are all work together and know each other and compete with one another. It's a really cool environment in town, but mushrooms are grown indoors. Mushrooms are grown on a very manipulative schedule. So we can manipulate the time period it takes to harvest the product. Um, it can depend on supply and demand. We try to gauge that throughout the year. Um, it was very difficult when the coronavirus pandemic struck, we had to change our growing schedule and try to predict and forecast how to, how to move through the situation. But mushrooms are grown indoors. They're sanitized every day. Um, we ship product all over the United States from this area. 
it's a very unique um, business we have here, a really unique industry. It's all in one sort of county. Joe, I imagine that uh, much of your business really went to institutional markets like restaurants and hotels and other things and high-end type of environments that used uh, many of the colorful type of mushrooms that you all supplied. So uh, uh, you had to have a little bit of anxiety when the, uh, uh, when the corona started and restaurants started closing down and your supply chains were threatened there about what you were going to do with all those mushrooms. So tell us a little bit about that period. Yeah, I'd have to tell you when I believe it was March 12th, the world sort of stopped and we have, we had product in transit all over the country. We service several different markets in many major cities and we have facilities in those cities. So mushrooms being so perishable, like a lot of produce items, you only have a select time period before that product spoils. So we had to figure out how to get that product home and what to do with it. I mean, as a finance person, that's the role of my company, trying to forecast the situation. It was just very hard for all of us in all industries to, you know, assess the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, at first, we thought it was a, a sort of 15-day situation and how to, to deal with it. And mushrooms, you only have a week from harvest to consumption, really. So we had to figure out how to get product home. We had a virtual complete loss in sales and demand, um, which was the scariest thing we've ever gone through as a family, as an industry. Um, we all banded together and worked together to find different avenues and different places to send product and push product. Um, like I said, with mushrooms being grown indoors, climate controlled and manipulated because mushrooms grow so quickly, um, we froze the houses up and, and really pushed the production back as far as possible to delay production, um, which gave us time over several weeks to look for different markets, look for different business, try to find different ways of selling product. And that's where programs like the USDA Farmers to Families Food Box came in that were, you know, initiatives for us to, as farmers, to put our product in different places. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm glad that you discovered that and your relationship or longstanding relationship with Coastal uh, Sunbelt as a, uh, as a buyer of your product. And uh, while they participated in the program, you're going to know that, uh, have the good news of knowing some of those mushrooms you're growing are going, going to people in need. So how does that make you feel? That makes us feel great. My family, we've always been active in the community and, and try to help people. So that's, First and foremost, we grow food to feed people and feeding people in need, it's, it's what it's all about. You know, we talked about as producers, you all grow mushrooms, there are many other vegetables that are also perishable and uh, unlike maybe some manipulation of the growing season in mushrooms, some of these vegetables, when they're ripe, they've got to be harvested or else they, uh, they're, they, they spoil in the field. So it was really traumatic for many of the specialty crop growers there that had their demands uh, essentially cut in half or, or more uh, immediately that way. I liken it to a crash on the interstate when it gets backed up. Uh, suddenly, uh, we know what happens and uh, you had to scramble. So I'm really happy that you were there to participate in that inaugural uh, delivery of the food boxes. I was talking to, uh, to John Corso, the CEO of uh, uh, Sunbelt, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Coastal Sunbelt, and uh, how it gave their drivers and the people participating in that program a lot of uh, 
just a lot of great feelings of being able to feed people that needed it in that way. And I saw some of those uh, beautiful mushrooms being packed in those boxes as well. Yeah, it's just, it, it fills my family with joy and happiness to be giving, um, you know, servicing people in need. That's our whole mission. And um, that's what we do with our employees. We're employees first. We're a family operated company. We have been for 95 years. So wherever we can help people um, in different markets and to do it through a longstanding customer like Coastal Sunbelt, it just helps us that much more. Absolutely. And it helps people in need. Obviously, the, the great news in this from those of you who produce the food, growers of mushrooms and other fruits and vegetables, uh, going through a supply chain link like a distributor, like Sunbelt, then to be delivered to food banks and uh, faith-based and community-based organizations uh, across the country is really what this program was all about. So uh, we're honored that you all as a family were able to participate in that. We thank you for your uh, uh, for your product and the people who are receiving that I know are grateful to get good wholesome product. And again, uh, as Joe and I were talking about, this was not product that was gonna be uh, 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 spoiled or, or seconds or anything. This is first class uh, product just like you would send to restaurants as well. Yes, um, there's still, barely any demand for mushrooms from the restaurant industry right now. Um, so there's a lot of product out there that needs to find a place. Um, just as many people across the country are eating and drinking every day. So um, it's just looking for different ways to service people that need it. Well, Joe, for you and your family, thank you all for uh, uh, participating in this program along with Coastal and this uh, food supply chain, getting to those people who, uh, it, it does have to be heartwarming to know that those great mushrooms you're growing are, are on the tables of people who need the food, may be unemployed recently, may have never been in this situation before, but through the distribution of food pantries across the country are, are getting uh, uh, access to wholesome, healthy, nutritious food like uh, Bashiana mushrooms. Thanks again, and uh, we're uh, delighted to see you and uh, wish you well as these restaurants open up we, we're hopeful and confident that your business will return to uh, the former glory. I hope so too. Thank you for having me, Mr. Secretary. Thank you, Joe. Take care. Finally, last week I was up in Pennsylvania in a very impressive community just outside of Pittsburgh. The folks at Turner Dairy Farms and Westmoreland Food Bank are making very positive strides in their community with these food boxes. Take a listen. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to the Westmoreland Fairgrounds and the inaugural Farmers to Families Food Distribution in Westmoreland County. I'm Jennifer Miller and I'm the CEO with the Westmoreland County Food Bank. On behalf of the Board of Directors, the administration and staff of the Food Bank, I would like to welcome all of our guests today, but especially the USDA Agriculture Secretary, Sonny Perdue. <laughs> Secretary, we are honored to have you here and see your great work put, to, put in action. I also wanted to take the opportunity to thank Secretary Perdue for approving the waivers for the Emergency Food Assistance Program over the last several months. During this truly unprecedented and frightening time in our nation, they surely came in handy. I hope that you know how vital this was to those of us on the front lines and to our consumers especially, who have relied on us so heavily in the last 12 weeks. Sincerely, thank you again. The food bank is in its 38 year of operation and continues to feed the need of food, the food insecure households during uncertain times. An affiliate of Feeding America, 
the food bank currently has 66 member agencies in our network of emergency feeding sites. In 2019, the food bank distributed over 7 million pounds of food in one county. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak in mid-March, the food bank distributed well over 1.3 million pounds of food so far, serving over 15,000 households and supplying each of them with a 10 to 14 day supply of non-perishable, fresh and frozen foods. The USDA Farmers to Family Food Box is a welcome addition to the food bank's existing services at a time when charitable food assistance is in high demand. We are so proud to be many, one of the many conduits of this program in our region. The new and unique program is assisting so many different attributes of agriculture, literally from farmers to the families that we will be distributing to today. In partnership with the Westmoreland Fairgrounds, Turner Dairy, the Mid-Atlantic Regional Cooperative, and Feeding Pennsylvania, we are very excited and proud to bring this program to Westmoreland County. Thank you. As you can hear, these people are passionate about the work they're doing for their fellow Americans, and that's something we should all be proud of. During these uncertain times, USDA has been working to continue our mission to do right and feed everyone. And I want to thank you all out there for the part you've been playing in there. So thank you again for listening to The Sunny Side of the Farm, and we look forward to having you back with us on our next episode. So wash your hands and stay safe out there. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Sunny Side of the Farm, and I look forward to visiting you again next month.